Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Sitting Together. My name is Kelsey Fox. And I'm Marcy Parker. We're convinced that sharing stories is a powerful thing, and that's what you'll hear on Sitting Together. Stories of ups and downs and mostly of God's faithfulness. We hope to encourage you, the women of Alliance, through other women of Alliance. So pull up a seat and join us as we sit together. Well, we are here today with Marcy and myself, Kelsey, and Martha Folks is with us. She's our guest today, our interviewee on the podcast. So, um, Martha, we have a warm-up question for you, if that's all right. And here it is. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I think the first one that I ever remembered that I wanted to do was to be a nurse. Oh, nice. Um, and she did well, it. Well, look at that. Wow. Her dreams came true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that started when four out of six of us siblings were sick with scarlet fever. Oh, wow. I was not. Okay. So I pretended that I was their nurse. Oh. Wow. How old were you? I think I was about 12 then. I okay. was like a real small child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's really neat. Hmm. Had you thought about that before I don't your think. siblings were sick? I don't think so. Wow. So you like kind of were called to action a little bit I when you was. saw them I was sick. Several actions then. Yeah. That is wow. so interesting. That's really neat. Everyone else's answers have been a little ridiculous. <laughs> yes. I mean, mine personally. Lunch I mean. lady. Circus, I wanted to be a lunch lady thrower, and a bus driver. You and can't a bus forget driver, that. Right, the bus driver. It was the combination job. I didn't know either one of those things then, but yeah, yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah, that no. didn't. That's not my job now. For anyone who's mm-hmm. curious. So you did go to become a nurse. I did. And um, tell us just two, two fun facts. Go ahead and let's share those two fun facts that you have for us that people may not know. You know, that's one thing I always struggle with because. My life was very routine. Hmm. I didn't hmm. do anything like skydiving or <laughs> win a beauty contest or anything like that. So my life was routine. Routine, okay. But I grew up in a place where this may not be really a fun fact, but it's just different, I think, from anybody else, yep. maybe. We didn't have electricity till I was 15. Wow. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Uh-uh. And now, you grew up in Canada. Canada. Yeah. Okay. On a farm, prairie farm. And <clears throat> so, to keep things cool a little bit in the summertime, we put our butter into a bucket, mm-hmm. suspended it over a tank of water mm-hmm. that was fed by a spring-like well, mm-hmm. and it wow. kept cool. In the wintertime, to keep the house warm, somebody had to go out there and get, bring the wood or the coal into the house, yeah. sometimes when the temperature was minus 30 or minus 40, Goodness. sometimes mm-hmm. in a blizzard. Yeah. So wow. that was um, unusual, not a fun fact. <laughs> that actually is kind of neat, though. It is, yeah. Wow. Um, so you said that you had, there were six of you, of the children? Six children? Yes, at that point. At that point. So there were more. Another brother joined us much later. Okay. By adoption. Okay. That's cool. So adoption was part of your your story long time. A long time ago. Okay. All right. So tell us a little bit about who you're married to and um, if you have children or grandchildren or all those fun things. I am married to Jim, Jim Folks, and I am a stepmom. So he had three daughters. Okay. When we got married, 
They're all three of them married, and I have eight grandchildren and two darling great-granddaughters. Oh, that's a lot that's of girls. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Our grandkids are evenly divided. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's neat. The, the three-year-old great-grandchild, the first day at the beach in the evening, she said, this has been an amazing day. <laughs> I love that. I love the honesty. Yes. <laughs> Any day at the beach, I think, has really, to be an amazing day. Really. Especially, mm-hmm. especially at that age. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. what else is there? Yeah. This, the beach. The beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. So, Martha, we want to hear a little bit of your story today. And I love, I, I'm, I'm very excited about this. So, you ended up on the mission field as a nurse. Mm-hmm. So, will you just kind of just give us a brief uh, synopsis? Yeah. Summary? How'd you end up there? How did you end up there? Well, that's a long process. <laughs> oh, okay. We have as much time as you want to share. When I was 13, um, my school teacher showed us a, a missionary film. I didn't know anything about missions at that time. Mm-hmm. My church was not involved in missions then. And so um, at the end of that film, I thought, someday that's going to be me. Then, um, at 19, I realized I had drifted away from the Lord, and I I recommitted my life to Him, and almost immediately, I felt again that the Lord was calling me to missions, and this time, missionary nurse. Wow. I went to Bible college and majored in missions, which, of Mm -hmm. course, confirmed the need for that, Mm -hmm. then also confirmed again the call mm. to me. Yeah. Then I did my nursing and um, after I finished that, I felt that I was willing to go, but I didn't feel any definite leading. Mm. So I worked in Canada for several years. But then um, I think God used the doctor who started the hospital where I went to in Zambia. Uh, I heard him speak and he talked about the desperate need for nurses mm. there. And I just felt, well, that's the Lord calling mm-hmm. again. And then at the door, as we were leaving the church, he was there to greet people. And he said to me, why don't you join us? <laughs> wow. He didn't know who I was, and he didn't know that I was a nurse. Yeah. And that was seemed like a confirmation to yeah. me. Wow. That that's maybe something. That is. I really should consider. Mm-hmm. And I did. I prayed about it. I talked with family and friends about it. Then applied to the mission, and that was it. I had real mm-hmm. peace about it mm-hmm. and felt that that was God's leading for me in yeah. my life. The first time I went, it was only for two years, okay. and then came back, and I had to reapply as a career missionary. Gotcha. But that was mm-hmm. kind of just happened. I mean, that was just seemed like it was the right thing to right. do. Right. Went by yourself. Mm-hmm. Single, young woman, to the mission field. Right. It, okay, I'm sitting here going. It seemed so simple, the way that you just <laughs> explained all that. Of course, the hindsight. Call. Yeah. Yeah. It had to have not been simple, though. Was there? Did you feel fear? Did you? Were there any kind of challenges or things that like that would have kept you from going? Or did you just walk in the peace? 
I walked in the peace most of the time. Mm-hmm. But then there were times when I, <clears throat> sorry, I really questioned. Yeah. You okay. know, is this really what I want to do? Is yeah. this what I should do? Mm-hmm. And and there were some fears I think that I did have. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was having uh, lunch with uh, family friends. And those, the two guys in the family were really kidding me about it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helped me to relax okay. about my, some mm-hmm. of my fears mm-hmm. I had. And they were talking about hippo burgers or whatever. Hippo <laughs> 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 burgers. That's what I'm a burger. Yeah. Okay. It kinda, just kind of helped me to get over some of the fears yeah. I mm-hmm. had. But I did. Um, you know, thinking back on it, I thought, think I really was a brave person yes. to do yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I did not have tremendous fears at that time. That's neat. Yeah, I love that, that is really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really neat. Just thinking about like now, maybe when you look back on it, you think, "Oh, I, I like you just said, oh, I was pretty brave to do that." And I think God always gives us what we need in order uh-huh. to obey what He's called us to, yeah. and mm-hmm. to walk through the doors that He's opened for us. And I think sometimes in the moment, it doesn't. Like he equips us with that so much so that it almost doesn't make sense when you look back on it. Mm-hmm. Like, how did I have so much peace or how, yeah. you know, I, it almost doesn't make sense right. to mm-hmm. us. But I think to me, what that really says is that he gave you exactly what you needed he in did. order to walk through that door mm-hmm. and to be brave. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's, yeah. that's what he promises to yeah. do for us. That is true. I think that was my first flight in the London airport. That was the first time I was really alone because mm-hmm. I had met two friends in England. We spent several days there together. And then I was, they left. I was alone and I was taken off for Zambia and I didn't know big airports, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I couldn't understand what they were saying on the intercom. Mm -hmm. So I ended up at the wrong gate and realized that kind of late and I had to kind of run back Mm. and, um, get to the right one. I made it just on time. And that was a bit scary mm-hmm. yeah. at that point. I'm sure. Okay, so you arrive into Zambia, mm-hmm. are met by the doctors or the organization uh, that you went to. Yeah, the organization. Uh-huh. What was it like walking into your new home or place of employment? Well, the first one is was in Lusaka where I landed, and a couple there picked me up and took me to the guest house. Mm-hmm. There were several MKs, teenage MKs, mm-hmm in there playing whatever, some kind of game, I think. And I was dead tired, so I I got ready for bed. And there was this huge spider on the wall. And I went out of the bedroom and I said to these kids, there's that spider in this room. Oh, is it the flat kind? Yes, it's flat. Well, don't worry about that. It's just going to stay on the wall. It just eats the mosquitoes that are there. Oh. So don't worry about that one. So, okay. okay. That was that one. Was it what you had pictured? I mean, okay, I'm not going to try to date you, but how many years ago did you go to Zambia? 71, so that's okay. almost 50 years ago. 50 years, okay, so... Obviously, things have changed in our world. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was like the conditions? Were they similar to what you had had in Canada? Well, oh, no. I mean, I know no. you didn't have electricity in yeah. Canada we, for a while. We did by the time I went. Right. <laughs> I was used to much more modern ways. Right. <laughs> so, um, 
yeah, it, it was definitely more primitive mm -hmm. than it had been in Canada. But mm -hmm. I think when I finally did arrive at Mukingi, the place where I worked, mm -hmm. the house where I lived was, I thought, much more modern than what, what I had anticipated. It oh, that's be. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big, fairly big rooms and mm -hmm. you know, a fireplace, mm -hmm. and it was really quite nice, quite a pleasant surprise. Mm -hmm. I lived with three other single gals for a while, which was a bit of a challenge at times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, the living conditions were better than I thought they would be. Well, that's good. Okay, so you're there for two years, you said, the first time, mm -hmm. correct? And then you came back. Did you go back to Canada? I did. After that? Mm -hmm. And then you had to reapply yeah. as a career missionary. Uh -huh. So then when you went back, how long were you there the second time as uh, a career missionary? About 22 years after I worked as a career missionary. Yeah, it was about okay. 20, 22 years. Yeah. Wow. And so when you, forgive me if this is a silly question, but when you reapplied, did you know for sure you would be going back to the same place, like to the I same did. hospital and things? Like, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't just like a random placement type of no, thing. No. Okay. And you had, did you feel pretty certain that that's where God was calling you, I, like to I go did. back? Yeah. Not immediately, but mm -hmm. in maybe about a month or so, I really did feel mm -hmm. pretty definite that yeah. that's what I was supposed to do. And, and my first real confirmation there, or something that really felt good, I, the first time I did not have to raise any support. Mm -hmm. The second time I did. And um, my brother called me and told me how much they would be sending per month. Mm -hmm. I was just overwhelmed wow. at the amount. Mm -hmm. And it did not take long before all the support was in. Mm -hmm. That's neat. It was very wonderful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A really tangible way that mm -hmm. God was showing you that he's yeah. he was going to take care of it. Yeah. That's neat. So what happened in Zambia during those 22 years? <laughs> That's a really <laughs> bad question, but I'm kind of heading in a specific direction. Oh, well, um, I'm not sure where to start on that one. I worked mm -hmm. as a nurse. Um, and, and all the RNs were either supervisors or teachers there. Mm -hmm. So I always thought, well, I am definitely not a teacher, so that's not what I'm going to be doing. Mm -hmm. I'll be working on the ward and doing supervisor mm -hmm. rework there. Um, but when I got there and I had a tour of the hospital, and then the gal who was in charge asked me if I would be willing to teach part-time, and I said, yes, I would. You know, and and that was not what I thought mm -hmm. I would ever mm -hmm. do. You were teaching nursing. Teaching nursing. Okay. And I I got into that part time first, but in about nine months after I got there, uh, the gal who was in charge of the nursing school mm -hmm. was going on furlough, and they asked me to take that position. Okay. So full time teaching administration. Wow. No more, not much more mm -hmm. work on the wards after that. So that was my main responsibility was mm -hmm. um, being in charge in the nursing school and okay. doing a lot of, well, everything. Yeah. You know, it depended a lot. There was one period of time when the ho whole hospital had very few RNs. So 
I worked in the outpatients department mm -hmm. for some some days, some mm -hmm. mornings, I think. My my local language skills were very minimal, but mm -hmm. <laughs> somehow I got by. Okay. You went over as a single young woman. Mm -hmm. How long were you there as a single young woman? Eight years. Eight years. Mm -hmm. You served as a mis career missionary. Mm -hmm. All right. And then you met Jim. Mm -hmm. Well, You want to share any of that little bit story, that love story? Yeah, I could. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I met Jim even before I ever went to Zambia as a single girl. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Well, yeah, I don't think I knew that either. Very briefly. Okay. Um, he was on furlough, they called it then, mm -hmm. home assignment. Mm -hmm. And a doctor whom I knew well in, in where I was living in, in Canada and his wife had been at this hospital mm -hmm. to help out. And so Jim was visiting them and they wanted me to come and meet Jim because by that time I had been accepted to go. Okay, okay. So I went and just very briefly because I had worked evenings um, that day and they said, well, that's okay. You just come on after you get off work. And mm. I, so I met him there. But um, Jim was married. I'm okay. second wife. So um, she, his wife wasn't there. But later on, as we worked together in Zambia, you know, I got to know her quite well. We were mm -hmm. good friends. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then she had breast cancer and passed mm -hmm. away. Okay. And um, it wasn't terribly long. Well, it was long, not long enough. But I started realizing that I, he was paying special attention to me. Oh. <laughs> so at first I thought, I'm seeing things. This is not... <laughs> Really, anything that's happening. <laughs> but um, then I started to think, well, that I was kind of drawn towards him as mm -hmm. well. So um, we um, we never dated, though. Okay. Um, we did, of course, see a lot of each other because we worked together mm -hmm. and we were next door neighbors. Mm -hmm. Okay. We did a lot of fun things, but his daughter Gwen was there with him. Mm -hmm. um, she stayed home for a year from school and so she was always there and so we just did fun things mm -hmm, together right um, but then we were both going on home assignment at the same time and um, at that time we didn't have internet so we couldn't make our own travel arrangements mm -hmm. so a, a lady in the mission office made those for us and we both had told her that we wanted to spend a couple of days with friends in Kenya mm -hmm. and then go on to North America. So she booked us on the same flights to from Zambia to Kenya and then Kenya to England a couple mm -hmm. of days oh, later. Wow. The first flight, Gwen, his daughter, was with us and during that flight he said something to me when Gwen was off in the restroom. He said something about his feelings, and I understood him to say, um, if you have felt that there were special feelings there, that's not true. Oh. And then Gwen came back, and of course, oh, the conversation was interrupted, mm -hmm. so couldn't talk more. Wow, right. Okay. Cliffhanger. So, he went, in, and once we were in Nairobi, he went to his friend's house, and I went to my friend's house. That night, I had a terrible 
time going to sleep because yeah, I, I was bet. struggling with what I thought <laughs> yeah. you had said. Um, so, but finally, about four o'clock in the morning, I think, I finally said to the Lord, well, if this friendship is, or this relationship is not supposed to be any more than a friendship, mm-hmm. that's fine. I'll trust you mm-hmm. for whatever mm-hmm. you want for me. Wow. So, but then on the next flight, Gwen wasn't with us. She stayed in Kenya with her younger sister who was in boarding school there. Mm-hmm. And things changed quite drastically. We we were finally alone without friends or mm-hmm. family around. Well, we weren't really alone because we were in the center section of a 747. <laughs> yeah, you were with lots of friends. <laughs> <laughs> lots of people yes. around us. And he proposed. He just proposed? Yes. Like after he had, you thought he had said... Those feelings aren't, Those aren't what feeling you think are they true. Are. Yeah. Well, I I asked him about that later. He had no recollection of what he said, but he he said he never he didn't say that. Okay, good. Yeah. So good. I don't know. But he proposed right there in the plane. He did. That is so sweet. Well, I guess the Lord answered your prayer pretty clearly. And mm-hmm. He did. Yeah. 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 So. And how many years now have you been married? Forty-one. Forty-one. Mm, that's that's sweet. All right. Yeah got married a year after that mm-hmm. in Zambia. Okay. Had about a thousand people at our wedding. Oh my goodness. Nobody oh waited for goodness. wedding invitations. They just they came. Just came? Just came. Yeah. I kind of like that. I did too. Party. Hey, I'm getting married. It's a party. I, I'm already married. Right. Um, <laughs> just want to make sure that I'm I, glad you're clearing that up because I'm sure there's a lot of suitors listening. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up, Marcy. You're welcome. Yeah. So, do you feel like your life turned out the way that you had pictured that it would when you were, I don't know, 12, 13? No. Or even 19? No, not at all. Yeah. Do you feel like you had some disappointments along the way? Mm, Not so much disappointments as happy surprises. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I was growing up, the... My family did not really think that there was a need for higher education. Mm-hmm. So I, I really did not envision myself as being an RN. I thought maybe practical nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, then that just led on to other things. And then yeah. um, meeting someone who was different. Mm-hmm. I grew up in, in the Mennonite church and mm-hmm. culture. Okay. So meeting someone that they would call an Englishman. Yeah. And meeting, marrying him, that is not something I would have ever pictured I would do. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Quite mm-hmm. That is different. <clears throat> yeah, I like that, that you're <laughs> happy surprises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, not not too many yeah. real disappointments. Yeah. I mean, not, not that we're life-shattering or yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you have put a lot of trust in the Lord. I mean, from this conversation, what I feel like we've heard a couple times mm-hmm. as you saying, like you trusted just like your prayer at four in the morning mm-hmm. <laughs> that time, like, okay, Lord, it seemed like you have lived in like a posture of, of surrender. Like if this is what you want, then mm-hmm. I'll follow and I'll trust. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some mm-hmm. other areas where it, it wasn't always that easy, sure. but, yeah. you know, the Lord brought me around to that. Yeah. And I certainly did feel, I feel now as I look back anyway, that 
you know, that was always the best thing to do was to yeah. trust mm -hmm. him. Um, but it's not always an easy thing to do right off the bat. Yeah. Did you watch your parents model that trust? I think I did, yes. They didn't talk an awful lot about it, but they they modeled it, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Like in, in accepting a baby when my mother was about 50, mm -hmm. to, to, they were first of all just going to foster him for mm -hmm. a year. Mm -hmm. But even doing that, and then when he was up for an adoption later on, about a year later, I think, um, my mom just said, I've had him the whole a year now, and I can't give him up. Mm. So, mm -hmm. you know, being willing to take a child yeah. into her home, and it wasn't um, well accepted by everybody in her family, because mm -hmm. he was an Indian, Canadian Indian, mm -hmm. and one of my uncles was really not happy about that. Mm -hmm. So um, she went against that, mm. and... Yeah, my dad, you know, they both did. They were really, mm -hmm. and he's oh. a wonderful brother. Mm. Wow. That's neat. Mm. Mm. I love that. Yeah. So much we learn from our parents that we don't even realize. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, spoken and unspoken. Right. Yeah. Can you tell us about a time you saw God working in your life? And I know we've just heard several instances, but mm. do you have like a specific, undoubtedly, this was God. Mm -hmm. Yes, I certainly do. One um, was just an almost immediate answer. Well, an immediate answer, really. Mm -hmm. um, in Zambia, several other ladies and I had gone to a um, remote area for a church conference mm -hmm. in my car. And on the way back, the car just stopped. And we could not get it started again. Hmm. So, and it was... We were still several miles from the main road, and there was not likely to be any traffic. Mm -hmm. There weren't any men around who knew what what to do, and, of course, no cell phones. Mm -hmm. So we got out of the car. I opened up the hood, and that, while I was doing that, I thought, why am I doing this? I don't even know what uh, the engine should look like if it's okay, <laughs> let alone if there's a problem. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know what to do with the problem. But then one of the ladies said, well, let's pray. And she just said a simple prayer confirming her confidence in God and asking for his help. And we all kind of peered under the hood mm -hmm. there, and we noticed that the gas line had come separated, become separated. Oh, my. So we put it back together, and one of the ladies must have brought her nylon stockings with her. <laughs> and somebody had heard that that you know, works to repair mm -hmm. things, so to hold it in place. So we tied that nylon stocking around it and <laughs> started the car up and got home without any more difficulties. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's Was she amazing. wearing the stocking? She might have been. I'm not quite <laughs> sure. <laughs> I guess regardless, it still worked, right? It did. Um, wow. But that is I neat. certainly didn't mm -hmm. have any stockings with me for that trip. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. That's good to know. Maybe that's a necessary item for a lot of trips. Yeah. But then even to be able to recognize that there was a gas line. Right. No. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Another time where, you know, I, I felt like I definitely saw him work was, that was a much longer process, and I don't know if you want to 
Yes. Hear that? Mm -hmm. Yes. You may have, you've heard some of this before. It's much more recent. Um, when Jim and I were in Florida a couple of years ago mm -hmm. at the um, mission guest house there, and he collapsed mm -hmm. in the yes. bathroom, um, he hurt his, he was unconscious for a little bit, mm -hmm. <clears throat> not very long. And he really hurt his ribs mm -hmm. cage on the mm -hmm. shower ledge. But we were able to get him to the ER, and in the ER, his pulse rate was really low. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. next day, he had a pacemaker put in, and that fixed that problem, mm -hmm. but not the pain. Then the day after he was discharged, I got sick, mm -hmm. and I felt really miserable, mm -hmm. like I had the flu or something. I just... I didn't want to do anything but lie in bed. Hmm. He couldn't do anything because of the pain, yeah. so we mm -hmm. were in bad shape. Mm -hmm. And we really would like wanted to get home. Yeah. Um, but we couldn't quite face going to the Orlando airport, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. flying, then driving our car to Boone from yeah. Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And so one of Jim's friends felt that the Lord wanted him to come and pick us up, take us home. And when he called, Jim said, yes, come. And he, he flew to Orlando, rented a car, and drove us all the way home wow. the next day. That was such a blessing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, I, you know, through this whole episode that we experienced through all of that, I just felt God at work. Yeah. Once we got here, friends and you know, church people helped us so much. Mm -hmm. It was phenomenal and that was just a real encouragement yeah mm -hmm. and that's one thing that you know I think anybody that is reaching out to people who are struggling and we've had a lot of them this last yes. spring too mm -hmm. um, they really are touching people's lives and mm -hmm. encouraging their faith yeah it certainly did that for us mm -hmm. um, you know then Jim's energy level just went down down and he had to be hospitalized mm -hmm. for a while and then went to the Foley Center. And people there were so good. The physical therapist mm -hmm. did such a good job. And other uh, friends and church people came to visit and to encourage. And through all that, we definitely saw God yes. at work. Yeah. And both are doing great now. We are. And then, you know, my problems, in a way, just started at that point because once he got home... And the home care people came in. I think there were about four p different people that called, mm -hmm. came, and I was involved in all of this. And then friends came to help, and which we needed that help. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I was being an activity director mm -hmm. and pretty stressed out about it. And yeah. started not sleeping well at all. And mm -hmm. that's when I went down into kind of a depression, mm -hmm. anxiety state. Mm -hmm. And we just were helped so much mm -hmm. yeah. and that was God so working good. yeah mm -hmm. so here we have another one I guess we could talk about many others but there's lots that's enough mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love that reminder just of the the responsibility but also the the privilege that we get mm -hmm. as the body of Christ to show up mm -hmm. for one another yeah Mm -hmm. And and I know that you and Jim have done that for other people, and the you know when they are in need because it it's like everyone mm -hmm. takes turns. Yes, <laughs> yeah. because everyone has mm -hmm. difficulties at different times. So yeah, 
Okay. During all this um, of Jim's sickness, your your time of not feeling well as well, what did God teach you during all that time? I felt like he really drew me much closer to himself. Mm-hmm. I got to know him a lot better mm-hmm. and his word. I got to know his word better than I ever had before, I think. Yeah. It was just, that that was, even though it was a tough time, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that way. Yeah. And because people were so helpful bringing meals and doing a lot of other things for us, I didn't really have to, after home care people didn't come anymore and all that, it wasn't so, that part wasn't so stressful. And I had much more time to spend in God's Word. Mm. So, yeah, he did teach me a lot, a lot more about trust, okay. I think. And although he'd been teaching me a lot before that, but, yeah. it, you know, it just built on mm-hmm. what what was there. Right. Mm. And I think it taught me to appreciate others more. Mm-hmm. And our oldest daughter um, told me what she came to spend a couple of days with us several times and she said um, this is just amazing and I wasn't quite sure what she was saying or what she meant mm-hmm. and she said um, I love you more than I ever have mm-hmm. and well, you know I felt the same way about yeah. a lot of people yeah. mm-hmm. because uh, <clears throat> we were just thrown on each other's we were thrown at their mercy they, right. they came and helped right. us Mm-hmm. Wow, that is neat. Mm. I love that. I, and this, I hope this doesn't sound really odd, but I love that we started talking about your faith being so strong to even <laughs> go into the mission field. But yet then 50 years later, you're still being taught and vulnerable and mm. humble yeah. before Christ, relying on his mercy. And that's just so sweet to know that it never ends. Yeah. Mm. You know, that no matter what age we are, yeah, that his his gift of grace and mercy is just abundant. Yeah. It is. So. And I think the older I get, the more I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, is what I'm right. hearing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And even, like you said, that it it built on the foundation that you already had. You've already had a lot of years following the Lord and time and time having opportunities to trust him. Uh-huh. And it's not as if those disappeared or they, you know, they went away, but it, it just continued building. Uh-huh. He was building on what the work he'd already done in you. Yeah. I love that. Which yeah. is a beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. You're welcome. Is there anything else you'd like to add? We've talked about a lot and we're really thankful that you came to share with us it's a lot of encouragement mm-hmm. good I, that's what I was praying that it would be mm-hmm. encouraging yeah. the Holy Spirit would just take over mm-hmm. that's right and that he will take over whenever anybody watches us or mm-hmm. listens to this as well yeah I just love that about you I just love how when I look at you you, you aren't tossed to and fro by the wind that's the picture I kind of get it's more of a just I'm sitting back in a chair just trusting and I love that 
and I, and I want that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that You're today. Welcome. Can I just share with two more verses? Absolutely. I um, have recently discovered we're there. And okay. maybe it's because I've changed translations for a bit, mm. you know, uh-huh. using a different mm-hmm. one okay. for my devotions. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Psalm 31, 14 and 15. Um, but I am trusting you, O Lord, mm-hmm. saying you are my God. My future is in your hands. Wow. And I, when I saw that, that was just before... Well, my sister was critically ill mm-hmm. last um, the end of the year and passed away in mm-hmm. January. But, you know, that just, um, I just thought that is such an appropriate verse for it her. Is. And she felt it. She mm-hmm. she was so ready to go, yeah. to wanting to go. And um, I thought, what a wonderful picture. Her future mm-hmm. is in God's hands. That's yeah. right. Mine. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're waiting on his mercy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I like the hers. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, we have one final question for you. But if you were sitting at a table with someone, a friend, it could be anyone, what would you be eating or drinking? Depends on whether that's the main course or the dessert. Mm. <laughs> well, Fair sure, enough. Little, that is a great, great thought. Which, which would be what if it was main course or dessert? Main course, I I really like Coyote's Kitchen's. Um, oh, that's a bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, sanguano or something like that. Okay, I think it is. And dessert, chocolate. <laughs> chocolate, any kind of chocolate. <laughs> and your favorite drink? Coffee is. Coffee. Okay. Oh, all right. Coffee with that chocolate, obviously. Yes. Okay. Have you had the chocolate cake at Coyote Kitchen? No, I haven't. It's a vegan chocolate cake, and this is a major plug if no one has had it because it is so good. It's it's a three layer, I think three layer, vegan chocolate cake, and they send like whipped homemade whipped topping with it. It is so good, and I'm not vegan but I'm not discriminating against good cake. <laughs> so you should try that next time you have Coyote Kitchen. Okay. It's so good. Good to know. It's so good. Mm. I like their bowls as well. Mm-hmm. So That sounds like a great meal. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, great. thank you, Martha. Yeah, You're thanks welcome. so much for being here. 